to you who reads the good tidings, and to all the people. And to your spirit. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This particular gospel passage is in every one of the four gospels. And that's not usually the case. But each of the evangelists, guided by the Holy Spirit, thought that this event was so important that they all put it into their gospel narratives. And the other thing that's important to know is that you can't just look at this particular passage out of the greater context in which it's found. For example, it starts out with Jesus seeing a great throng of people and having compassion upon them. But what you don't know from this passage is what comes before it. Jesus had just heard from his disciples that John the Baptist had been beheaded. And it's for that reason that he gathered his disciples together and he commanded them to get into the boat and to cross to the other side of the Sea of Galilee where there were no villages, to a lonely place, to go and be by themselves with him to process what had just happened to the greatest man born of woman. But the people, seeing that Jesus commanded his disciples to get into the boat and he commanded them to go to the other side, they on foot went around on the shore and they hastened to meet Jesus on the other side. Now why is this important? It's important because that's about... Seven to ten miles. These people were so enamored. They wanted to understand who Jesus was. Was he just a great teacher? Was he going to perform another miracle? Was he the resurrection of one of the great prophets? Was he the Messiah? They didn't know. And so when they found out that he was going that way, they beat him to the shoreline. And when Jesus got to the other side with his disciples hoping for some rest, some prayer, and some processing, there was a great throng of people. Now, I don't know how you would feel, but if I had one expectation and another, another reality confronted me, I might be annoyed, or disappointed, or put out. But that's not the case with the God-man. It's not that he didn't know that there would be a great throng of people there. He did, but his disciples surely didn't. And when he saw this huge crowd, and we're talking over 10,000 people, he had compassion on them. His heart went out to them. And the Gospel of Matthew says that he healed the sick. And surely this is what he did first. He had all of the sick people brought to him, and he healed them one by one. But what the other evangelists say is that he also, in addition to healing them, 
taught them many, many things. So he began to share with them the truth about the kingdom, the truth about themselves, the truth about the need for repentance and God's love, and all of these other beautiful things that were necessary for their salvation. So much teaching that the day had gone, and it was now evening. And Jesus, in the Gospel of John, had already at the beginning of the narrative asked what they had and by way of provisions to take care of the people. So he already had in his mind that this was going to take all day and that the people would not have anything to eat. In the Gospel of Matthew, this whole issue remains silent. And Jesus waits until the disciples bring it up themselves. It's important that they pointed this out to Jesus. Lord, should we tell these people to go home and find food or go to a village and buy food for themselves? Because they've been here all day. They traveled all the way around the Sea of Galilee by foot. And they have been sitting here listening to you. We don't have anything that we can do to help them. Jesus said, well, go find out what you do have. And the disciples went out and they found a young boy who had five barley loaves and two fish. One of the commentators says, barley is not the best uh, flour to make bread with. It is the poor person's flour. And he noted that Jesus takes the barley loaves and the two fish and he says, it is enough. And he meant by that, that barley is enough. These people don't need extravagant food. We don't need extravagant food. Simple food is fine in order to satisfy the appetite, but not to provoke the passion of gluttony. So Jesus takes the five loaves and the two fish, and He lifts them up and looks to heaven, and He blesses them, He gives thanks for them, He breaks them, and He gives them and distributes them to His disciples to then go and distribute them to the people. Now if you look at the Lord's words in the mystical supper, or where we remember this during every divine liturgy, the Lord, the Lord used the exact same formula. He looked up to heaven, He gave thanks, He blessed the wine and the bread. He broke it and He gave it to His disciples. But in the case of the mystical supper, He says, Take, eat, this is My body, and drink this, this is My blood. He doesn't say that when He's feeding the 5,000 men, not including women and children. But the formula is still the same. He gives the bits of bread and the broken pieces of the fish to the disciples and they are commanded to go and to feed the people. One of the evangelists said that the Lord had commanded them to sit in groups of 50 
So you can imagine, if there were about 10,000 people, how many groups of 50 there were. It must have taken a long time to distribute enough of that food for every single person there to eat and to eat until they were full. And then the Lord told His disciples, Go and gather the remainders. Each of the disciples had a basket. And when they went to each of those crowds of 50 and they gathered the remainder, every one of their baskets was full. So that when they brought them back to the Lord, there were 12 full baskets of leftovers. This is an amazing miracle. The fathers of the church say that Jesus is basically offering the people Himself. The five loaves symbolize the five senses. The fish, and keep in mind that for the first two centuries of Christianity, the fish was the symbol of Christ. Because the fish was a symbol of life. And so the fathers say that he's offering up his body through the bread, and he's offering up his life through the fish. It is a foreshadowing of the mystical supper, which is fulfilled through his crucifixion and his resurrection, and it's something that we remember every single divine liturgy through our Holy Communion, the Divine Eucharist. It's interesting that after this event, Jesus sends the disciples in the boat by themselves to the other side. And then in the middle of the night, after he has prayed and had his own time with the Father and the Holy Spirit in the wilderness by himself, he then walks upon the water and he calms the storm and he helps the disciples get to the other side, where again, this same crowd meets him. Because that's where the villages were. And he accuses them of seeking a sign. They're there not because they're really hungry, but they want to see another sign. And so Jesus compares the feeding of the 5,000 to the manna that the ancestors, their forefathers, ate in the wilderness. And he said, that was a type showing that I, God, am the bread of life. The feeding of the 5,000 is another type showing that I, God, and man, am the bread of life. And he says that he who eats of me will never hunger, and he who drinks of me will never thirst. For my food is true food, and my blood is true drink. And he compares the manna, the loaves in the wilderness, to himself as food and drink. And he does it in such a way that it disturbs the hearers. They said, this is a hard saying. Who can hear it? And some of these disciples that were there left him because of this. So make no mistake about it. Jesus was trying to prepare them for the fact that he was offering up 
His body and His blood and His life as a sacrifice for the sins of all the people of the world. Now going back to the event and trying to make sense of where role the disciples were playing, Jesus sent them Himself to distribute the bread and the fish, showing that He would send them forth as His apostles, as those who would go out and preach to the world. And the fact that the baskets that they took back with them as leftovers were so full is to show that their ministry would bear fruit a hundredfold. That these twelve and those who came after them would literally turn the world upside down with the preaching of the gospel, representing in grace and truth our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So my dear brothers and sisters, this event, if we could have been there to see it, to see 10,000 people fed with five small barley loaves and two fish, would blow our mind. It would fill us with such wonder and amazement that we would have to ask ourselves, why isn't our faith greater? But I'm here to tell you that every single time in the Orthodox Church that we celebrate the Divine Liturgy, a miracle far greater, a reality far higher, far more powerful, far more grace-filled, takes place through your offering of the bread and wine, just like that young boy offered the five loaves and the two fish. And the clergy on your behalf accept this offering and offer it up, saying the words, your own from your own. Because remember, the disciples, when they were asked, what do you have? What can you do for the people? They said, we have nothing. We can do nothing to help these people. And then Jesus still said, go and find whatever you can and offer it to them. The disciples realized their absolute helplessness. And yet they brought this meager offering that they knew would not be enough. And they offered it to God. It was from Him, and they were offering it to Him in whatever meager, humble thanksgiving they had. And He took it, He looked up to heaven, He blessed it, He broke it, He distributed it to those disciples, and the people were fed. They were fed to satiation with Christ Himself. Just as we make this offering to God from what He has already given us, and He multiplies it and He changes it, into His own body and blood, and we receive unto the fullest of the grace that He offers us, unto the degree that we are prepared, unto the degree that we can receive this grace, unto our own transformation. My dear brothers and sisters, let us not for a moment take for granted this amazing, repetitive miracle that is in the church. The Holy Eucharist, Christ's body and blood, His offering of Himself and His whole life so that we can receive the remission of sins and life everlasting. Let us indeed be filled with humility, gratitude, and amazement 
and let us approach with faith, fear, and with love. Amen.